Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. And upon so many families in this church, thank you, God, for providing through this past challenging year. Thank you for the heartbeat of this church to reach the lost. And God, it's one thing to say, I care. It's another thing to actually back it up with your time and your finances. And Lord, this church has done that. God, I I pray this morning you continue to give wisdom, you continue to bless them. And more than anything else, let each one of us, as we're faithful, see the consequences of that. Yes, in our own life, but more importantly, in reaching lost people and seeing them come to the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If you've got your Bibles this morning, pull them out and go with me to the book of Joshua. And uh, I want to share a message this morning uh, out of Joshua chapter 6. And uh, I have got a new iPad I've been trying to teach and preach off of. And uh, that means I've got to find my message here um, because that's kind of important today. Where did it go? Wow, I love this. It's gone. I know, right? I mean, I could do that. Well, you know what? That is what I'm going to do. There you go. It's all right. It's all good. I know where it is now. Joshua chapter 5. We're going to start there, and then we're going to go into Joshua chapter 6. Chapter 5, verse 13. I want to preach a message this morning. The title of the message is Never Quit. Never Quit. Never Quit. And I'm going to preach this. It's not extremely long, which is good, because that's really the time window I got. Uh, today to share this with you, but, but it's, it's, I'm going to preach it kind of in three acts, like almost like a story, three chapters, three, three different pieces of it this morning, and I want to start with verse 13. So if you would follow along with me. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. And he said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And the first act of this message this morning, the first part is this. We've got to ask the right question. Now let me show you what I mean by that. This is the story of Joshua, the children of Israel. They have came out of Egypt. They've wandered around in the desert, the wilderness, for 40 years. God's brought them to the promised land. They've crossed over the Jordan River, and they're stepped into the promised land. They're ready to take it. They're ready to, 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 to uh, own the, the land that God had promised their, their ancestor Abraham. And they've come to their first city, and it's the city of Jericho. And it's a, a walled city. It's a fortified city. It's a strong city. And, and they're having a little bit of question, God. We, we, you know, you know how it is when you got a big battle or a big challenge or a big job or a big game in front of you. You get a little nervous. And Joshua was that way and couldn't sleep well the night before. And he went wandering around. And as he wandered, he came up on this man. And that's what I just read to you. Joshua was by Jericho, and he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua thought, as you naturally would, that's a general of an army from somewhere. And he asked this question. Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? Now, I want you to notice God's sense of humor here. Joshua comes to this man, this 
I, I would assume probably a, a man who looked like he had some power and some authority and some strength. And he went to him and said, hey, I, are you for us or are you for our adversary? Well, the answer you would expect is what? For you or for But what did he say? No. Well, that's not really an answer to the question. Are you for us or are you for our adversary? And the man said no. Would that make anybody else go crazy? He said no. And he went on and he said no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now here's the thing, okay? Here's what I believe and this is what I believe God wants me to say to you this morning is Joshua was asking the wrong question. The question wasn't are you for us or for our adversary? The question was the man should have been asking Joshua, Joshua, are you standing with the Lord? And that's the question, and that's the difficulty, and that's the problem we get into sometimes in our life is we ask the wrong question. We ask God, God, will you bless me? God, I'm doing this. Will you bless it? God, I'm talking this way. Will you bless it? God, I feel this way. Will you bless it? And that's the wrong question. The right question isn't, God, I'm doing this. Will you bless it? The question is, God, what is it that you bless and show me and let me go do it? Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? The, the, the right question is, God, how do you want your people to talk and to speak? What are the words and the attitudes that you want to come out of the mouth of your people? Show me what that is, and I will go do it because you're already blessing it. But don't we oftentimes live our lives reverse of that like Joshua did? We go to God and say, God, this is what I'm doing with my finances. Will you bless it? God, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm living my life with my marriage and my spouse. Will you bless that relationship? God, this is how I live my life. This is the things that I do to my body. This is how I treat myself. Will you bless me? Will you give me health? You understand what I'm saying this morning? The first act of this message this morning is simply this. We've got to be asking the right question. And the right question is not, God, will you be with me? The right question is, God, where are you? And let me get with you. Got to ask the right question. Joshua, that's the reason he got the no. No, Joshua, that's not the right question. I'm, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. And Joshua got it. Look what he said. He, he goes on, the, the man answered, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua did what he fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Joshua had it right. Joshua knew that the answer to, to the right question is, Lord, what are you telling me? What are you saying to me? What does your word say? How should I live my life? How should I do this? How should I do that? How should I speak? How should I feel? How should I act? Lord, what does your word say to me? What does the Lord say to me? We've got to ask the right question, and then we've got to be willing to hear what God says to us. The prophet Isaiah, uh, hundreds of years later, he put it this way. Let me just read this to you. Isaiah 55, 6 through 9. He said, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our, our, our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's not about God blessing me and what I'm doing. It's about me figuring out what God always blesses and going and doing that. That's the reason in the, the, the Lord's Prayer. How does it open up? My Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. That's the reason even Jesus, because listen to me, we all struggle with this. Even Jesus himself, remember standing in the Garden of Gethsemane? He knew that the cross was before him. He knew that the beating was before him. He knew that the crown was be- crown of thorns was before him. More importantly than that, he knew there was going to come a moment as he hung on that cross where the Father himself would have to turn his back upon the Son because the Son took the sins of the world upon him, and he knew he was going to have that moment in time where God himself would no longer be there in that moment with him. And he, and he prayed what prayer? He said, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, please let it pass. But then he went on and said what? Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Paul had an interesting take on this, and it's the second act of this sermon this morning. It's in in 1 Thessalonians, the very last chapter, chapter 5, verse 23. he's, He's come to the end of the letter. He's wrapping it up. It's the benediction. It's the close. It's the end. It's the last paragraph. And he says something really insightful for us, and it's easy to miss, and I want to I want to share this with you this morning. He said in verse 23, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let, let me read that again. He said, may the God of peace himself sanctify you. We don't talk about sanctified much anymore. It's not a word we use very often. We really like salvation. We focus in on salvation. And I want, I want you to see this this morning, that we're called to be both saved and sanctified. Saved comes before sanctified, but we're called to be both saved and sanctified. And maybe the best way I can explain this to you this morning is this. Saved is an act. Saved is a moment. Saved is a point in time where you make a decision to believe in Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your past, your sin, your sin nature. You ask him to forgive you and and accept the fact that he was the gift from God and he paid the price for your sin on the cross All of that happens in that moment, in that instance. And from that point on, you're seen before God as righteous, as justified, even though you're still living in a sin-cursed body and you're still dealing with temptation and you have moments of failure. That's saved. We're saved. Before God, we're saved. But sanctified is the work of going from saved and being a baby in Christ to being saved and maturing in Christ. I've talked a lot about this in a lot of different ways. Sanctified is learning what it means to live a life where the way I talk is the way God wants me to talk. It's it's learning to live a life and acting and behaving the way God wants me to act and behave, which is to say like Jesus. It's, it's, learning, it's learning what it means to feel the way God wants me to feel. It's learning to, to desire the things and seek after the things that God wants me to desire. It's, it's, it's growing, maturing. And too many of God's people, they are saved, but they don't even think about sanctified. And, they're, and that's why you have somebody that's been saved for 20 years and and they're still dealing with the carnality of the flesh. They're still dealing with an addiction or they're still dealing with, with an attitude or they're still dealing with a temper or they're still dealing with, with constantly broken relationships because they've never, they've never allowed God to not only save them but sanctify them. And I want you to see this, okay? I, 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 I want you to see this. Look, look one more time at what Paul said here. He said, may, God, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept 
blameless, spirit, soul, and body. We like to break ourselves into different parts and say, God, I need you to save my soul. But you know what? God cares about, and we in the West, we like to put, break ourselves into separate parts. I think more in the days of Jesus, they realized you can't really sep out, separate how you think and how you feel and what you, I mean, we're, we're all one person, right? We're all a unified being. And what I want you to know this morning is God cares about all that stuff. All that stuff. That's the reason Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Another place he said, with all your heart, body, and, and strength. And, and it's said different ways because they realized there were different aspects and parts of who we are. We're not meant to live asking God to bless what we're doing, thinking, feeling. We're meant to live our lives in a way that says, God, what do you bless? What kind of thinking do you bless? What kind of feeling do you bless? What kind of actions do you bless? What kind of relationships do you bless? And then going and doing that. And when you can do that, you, the, the second act, that's when you can say, God, I, I'm with him. God's blessing me because I'm with him. Sometimes we Christians, we let our emotions dictate our lives. God wants to sanctify your emotions. Every time you get in that situation, you blow up. You lose your temper. Every time somebody says this thing to you, you go into a deep depression. Or you feel all of a sudden like you have no value. Every time you run into this moment in time, you act and react the way you were trained to act and react as, a, as, as growing up in your family. We all have a family of origin. God wants to sanctify you, your emotions, your feelings. You understand what I'm saying this morning? God wants to sanctify how you think. The moment you run into that situation, whatever that situation is, your thinking just goes off the rails. Your mind goes in places it shouldn't go. You have thoughts you shouldn't have. Sometimes they're sin thoughts. Sometimes they're self-harm thoughts. Sometimes they're other kinds of thoughts. Sometimes they're self-deprecation thoughts. So sometimes they're anger thoughts. And, and all of a sudden, my feelings and my thoughts and who I am all come together. And God wants to sanctify all of that. But we go to God and we say, God, we want you to bless us. Bless us, Lord. I, I know this is how I feel, but this is, God, this is just how I feel, so bless it. And God says, no, that's not what I bless. This is what I bless. Feel this way and I'll bless it. it you, you want an example, a, a real down-to-earth example that, you know, I can go to God and say, God, I love ice cream. I, I, ice cream is a great example, so I use it for a lot of stuff. If you're around here, you've heard me talk about ice cream once or twice. God, I like ice cream. Friday night, Ruthie and I uh, had some friends over, and we had Mexican, and we had cheesecake. And after the cheesecake, um, I had already blown any attempt at living healthy for the day. And I remembered there's cookie dough ice cream in the freezer that's been there for like three months, and it's not the healthy kind. It's the cookie dough real, real stuff kind. And I sat on the couch for a while, and I thought, no, because I'd already had my healthy Klondike bar. And I thought, nah, no, nah, 
And then I thought, and then I thought, and then I thought, but I've already blown it for today and I can start tomorrow. And I went and got a little bowl of cookie dough ice cream and I sat down and I ate it. It was a little bowl, about that big. <laughs> hey, it's my story. And I ate it. And I thought, man, that was good. And I'm, I'm already now Mexican food, Klondike bar, one bowl of ice cream and cheesecake into this. I might as well just go out and I want got a second bowl. <laughs> Probably. And it was really good. And so at this point, I'm into this Mexican Klondike bar, cheesecake, two bowls of ice cream. And I thought to myself, you know, there's only one bowl left in that container. And if I leave that, I'm going to be tempted to eat it tomorrow. And I've already blown today. So why don't I just take care of it all now? It's wiped out. I can throw the container in the trash and it'll all be good. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> now listen to me. That was one day out of the year. And I'm justifying. But I cannot go to God and say, God, especially if I did this every day out of the year, I cannot live my life that way, doing to my body what is harmful to my body, what, what hurts my body, and then go to God and say, God, will you bless me? Because God has shown me, God has taught me, God teaches me through the word of God, through common sense, through wisdom, and even through science, if you really want to go to the science thing, which is what everybody says today, God actually made real science as well, that there are certain things that I need to put into my body in moderation. There are certain things I need to put into my body, not at all, because those things done other than, than wisdom and God's word will cause harm upon me, and I cannot live my life that way, and then go to God and say, God, now will you bless me? Because God says to me, this is the way I ask my people and I expect my people to live. Therefore, live this way and I will, then I will bless you. I will, you I, I will bless what I'm doing. You need to come and get on board with what I'm doing. You understand what I'm saying this morning? And when I do that, when I live my life that way, when I run my marriage that way, when I eat my ice cream that way, when I handle my checkbook and my finances that way, and I manage my money that way, and I live my prayer life that way, then all of a sudden I don't have to worry about so much going to God and begging God all the time, God, will you bless me? God, will you bless me? God, will you bless me? Because the thing is, God is already now, God is blessing what I'm doing, and I'm doing what God is blessing, and the blessing will come. And I can say, I can say to the enemy, I can say to the devil, I can say to the world, and I can say to myself, hey, I'm with him. I'm, you, you know, you ever, you ever walk into a situation in a fight, you want to get with the biggest, meanest, toughest guy there? If you ever walk into that, I'm with God. I'm with him. I'm on his side. I've asked the right question, and I'm on his side. We've got to make sure that we're on his side. The final act of this goes back to Joshua. Pick it up in chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. So Joshua had his conversation with the, the, the leader of the Lord's army. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given Jericho into your hand and his king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. 
Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And my last act, if you will, is this, never quit. Here's the last thing I believe God shared with me to share with you. And, and it leads into the altar call. These men walked around the city one time a day for six days. It was no small feat to put that large of, a, of an army, of a number of people, into action, into motion, and walk around. It was a job. It was work. It was difficult. And God said, for six days, I want you to march around six times. And if that's not enough, when you come to the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. Now, here's the thing that I want to say to you this morning, that if you want the blessings of God and if you want sanctification in your life and if you want victory over that way of thinking or that way of feeling or that way of talking or that way of acting or whatever it is that God needs to work out in your life, if you want victory, then you've got to develop an attitude of I will not quit. Because too many days, we look out at what's before us and we realize it's just day one and, and day seven is so far away that we think to ourselves, my goodness, this is so hard. I'm not, e I'm not even ready to start the journey. And some of us live our lives there never stepping into that place of letting God sanctify us because the journey's just too hard. Because I want to tell you, when you set out to break habits and lifestyle directions and family history and those things in your life, when you set out to break those things, it is a job. It is a battle. You're going to have days where you're going to take a step forward and you're going to have days where you're going to, have, you're going to feel like you've been knocked four steps backwards. You're going to have days where you get up and you press on and you're going to have moments where you get knocked down. Never quit. Sometimes we run into those positions, those situations where we've tried it and we've tried it and we failed and we failed and finally we just come to the point we just throw up our hands and walk off the field. Or we go and stand on the sidelines. And maybe the saddest of all is when we come to day six and we're tired and we're exhausted and we're frustrated and we've, we've, we've had knockdowns and we've had failures and we've got up and we've pressed on and we come to day six and day six we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror and it's like, God, this is just too much, too hard. And we walk away the day before the victory comes. Life has a lot of illustrations, a lot of examples that um, work with what I'm talking about this morning. But football is a great one. And there was a game played in 1986. So we're going way back old school between um, John Elway of the Denver uh, Broncos, and it was the Browns. It was an AFC championship game. I believe Kozar, 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 I think was the, the QB of the Browns. And one of the greatest drives of all time took place in that AFC championship game. 98 yards, uh, John Elway led his team. They were down by seven, and they were with minutes left in the game. He, he led them 98 yards from their own two-yard line all the way down, and, and I want to show you the video of it this morning. Now, it's just too awesome. So understand, I found an edited version that was seven minutes long, and then I edited it down under three minutes. I want you to see this for this reason. Some of you that love football, you'll just enjoy it. 
Some of you that care less about football, you need to watch it because I think the reason I'm showing you this is I believe it's a pretty powerful picture of some of our lives. The hits these guys take, you've lived your life taking some hits. The moments where they get pushed back and stopped, you've lived your life facing some of that stuff. And God this morning wants to say to you, you, if you want to celebrate the touchdown, you've got to be willing to get up and run one more down. Never quit. Some of you this morning, you've pulled yourself off the field and you've stepped to the sideline and said, God, I'm just going to have to be good, okay, okay, over here, saved, because I don't have what it takes to be sanctified. And I'm telling you this morning, that's the devil telling you a lie. You've got to get up. Watch the clip with me this morning. Watch this. Watch the hits along the way in this thing. miss football. Back when it was about football and not politics. If you want to celebrate the touchdown, you're going to have to be willing to get up and never quit. You're going to take hits. You're going to be tired. You're going to need to walk off the field or feel like you need to walk off the field. 
I'm telling you this morning, if you want to celebrate the seventh day, you've got to go through the six days. My altar call is this, and I, we're already having conversation about how can we reformat Sunday a little bit to where we can have a little more of a window to have some altar time as we get slowly moved out of this COVID world we're in. But this morning, uh, I'm up against the clock. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And Cheryl, if you would come for a moment. And I'm going to ask you to have a moment of an altar right where you're at because this is my altar this morning. Is there a place in your life where you've quit? There's something in your life God says, I want to set them free. I want to sanctify them. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's ice cream. I don't know. But is there something? Because if there is this morning, this message has been for you. God loves you so much, He wants to sanctify you. He wants to sustain you. He wants to push you. He wants to walk you through to the seventh day to the end zone. If I can get you to bow your heads for just a moment this morning, is, and this is the way I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray over you here in just a moment. But really, this is between you and God today because it's God speaking to you. I hope my words have helped him. To, he's used them to do that, but it's really the Lord wanting to speak something to you this morning. And I'm going to ask you, are you here today? Right now, God's speaking to you. There's something in your life. There's something in your lifestyle. There's something in your heart that I'm wanting to get out of there because I want to mature you and grow you and bless you. And I, I want to get your life in the place that I bless. If there's a place like that and you're ready to step back on the field this morning and say, God, I'm going to press through. I'm going to push on. I'm going to work through this thing. I'm going to continue to get up and move forward. If that's you and God spoke that to you, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up hold it there for just a moment just a moment and then I'm going to pray over you thank you several hands you can put your hands down just allow me this morning to pray over you and then as you walk out these doors this then becomes between you and God will you continue to press through this will you get up tomorrow and get back on the field or will you walk away Father, I pray this morning over every hand that was lifted, every heart that has been spoken to today, every area, God, where you tried to move your people towards maturity and continued growth. God, I pray over those that lifted their hand and, Lord, those right now that you're convicting their hearts. God, may you work within them. May you continue to stir within them that passion to grow in you. God, I pray today, Lord, that you would give them the strength and the self-discipline, God, the self-control your word talks about. Lord, to continue to step onto the field and fight. God, may they know, may they see the end zone in sight. May they know that the day seven is coming. May they know that the walls will fall down and may that inspire them, Lord. Father, I ask it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me leave you with this last thought. We're going to let you go. Nobody steps on that field by themselves. They're out there with a team. If you know anything about sports, teams that really are successful, it's not a team as much as it's a family. And that's the way we're to be. 
Whatever it is you battle, whatever it is you're working through, whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever it is you're fighting through, you need to know that you're not on the field alone. You've got a pastor who does love you and cares about you. You've got a church that cares about you. You've got, I hope, and if you don't, please, please seek them out. Open yourself up for that opportunity. Friends in this family that care about you will pray with you, will encourage you, sometimes give you a kick in the seat of the pants. Notice the smile. I'm just telling you how I am. I need a kick in the seat of the pants sometimes. That's why I married somebody short. She has no problem doing that. Love you guys. God bless you. Have an awesome week. Hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.